Thanksgiving is celebration. Listen to the word of God. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and pray now that by the Holy Spirit you give us understanding to know and to apply your truth to our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to take this psalm and walk through part of it. And my thesis is this, that as you understand progressively the character of God, it produces several qualities in your life. Number one, you think well about the character of God. Number two, you worship well. And number three, you declare his glory among the nations. So verse one says, sing to the Lord a new song. New song, a new song. Fresh mercies every day. Declare and sing about what God has done in your midst, a new song. There's a man named A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer died in 1963, the age of 66. He's written several, wrote several very well-known books, uh, one of whom was The Knowledge of the Holy and the Pursuit of God. A.W. Tozer was born into a very poor home, was minimally educated, but marvelously used of the Lord. But he made this comment that I, I think is something we should think about frequently. This is what he said. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. On down he says this. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most pretentious fact that any man will ever have is not what he at any given moment may say or do, but what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. We tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. Once again, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And so as, as we look at this, what does this passage say? He says, sing to the Lord a new song, new mercies every day. We sing a hymn that says, morning by morning, new mercies 
I see. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Fresh experiences of grace. What do you think about the character of God? When you think well about the triune nature of God, the overflow is you think well, you worship well, and you declare his glory among the nations. So there's a short story written by a guy named Kurt Vonnegut in 1961. It's entitled Harrison Bergerin. Harrison Bergerin is a story about a young man who tried to break away from the culture of his day. It's a dystopian short story that takes place in supposedly 2081, and the U.S. government has just passed the 211th, 212, and 213th Amendment to the Constitution, which right now we have 27 amendments, so they've got to really get to work by 2081. But those, those amendments dealt with the fact that, that they said everybody must be equal and normal. And if you excel in one area, then there's a general assessor's office that makes sure that you are normal. For example, it talks about a woman who's a ballerina, has a beautiful moves as a ballerina, but because she's so good, the general assessor's office put a 45 pound on her back so she couldn't dance very well. Or they talked about someone that was very attractive, so they put a mask on that person's face to make them not appear to be attractive. But the, but the, the, the situation that is that the father in this story is a man named George, and George is incredibly bright. And so they're able to determine when George starts thinking well, and in order to keep him from thinking well, they pipe in this cacophonic music and these screeching noises that kill any ability to think, to, to keep him normal, to keep him unthinking, to keep him down here at this level. And the, the, the sad thing is, of course, this was written in 1961, I think in many ways we're doing this to ourselves today without a general assessor's office. The, the, the sheer enormity of news and the output of nothingness can, can dampen our ability to think. And so I ask you, I ask myself, do we understand progressively the glorious nature of the character of God? And it says here that, that, that sing a new song. There are fresh experiences of grace that we walk into every day. Great is the faithfulness of God. I was moved this week when I read an article about the kindness of people. The kindness and the thoughtfulness of people who were made in the image of God. And because we're made in the image of God, they can express kindness and beauty and relationship. There is eternity in their hearts. But the story centers around a little boy named Jacob Thompson. This is Jacob. Jacob is a dealt with cancer for four years. He was from Maine. And he went through all this treatment and last late October, his mother brought him to the Barbara Bush Children's Hospital and she said, we realized that it was for the last time we'd be going to the hospital. The doctors predicted that uh, he only had a few weeks to live. And so the word was put out that uh, Jacob's one request as a nine-year-old was to experience Christmas just one more time. And so his mother put that out on social media, and Jacob Thompson received 10,000 Christmas letters. 10,000. I just thought, look, look at the kindness of people. Jacob loved, loved policemen. And so it says here in this article that uh, hundreds, says, hundreds of police officers from all around New England traveled in procession from Boston to his hospital to wish him the very best. I mean, oh, really? He loved penguins. And he said his motto in life, and this is really good for a nine-year-old, he says, my motto in life is to be like a penguin, which means, quote, be friendly, 
stand by one another, go the extra mile, jump into life and be cool, close quote. And so when the Connecticut Mystic Aquarium heard about Jacob, they put a penguin in a holding container and brought the penguin to the hospital and let Jacob hold a penguin. And I just thought, the kindness of people. And he died November the 19th. And then as I thought about that, I thought, you know, if this is true of men and women, many of them, I'm sure, did not know Christ. How much more should we be people of gratitude and service to those around us because we're thinking well about the character of God? Because we realize that in the fullness of time, God became a man and lived among us and died for our sins and we received the Holy Spirit. How much more should we be filled with kindness and gratitude and love of our neighbors? And then I thought about the passage that most of you have thought about many times before. is Philippians chapter 4, where, where Paul says this, um, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. But hear this. It all begins with this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So, so gentleness and prayerfulness and kindness and patience flow from our understanding of the character of God. Do you understand the character of God? If you do, gratitude should be in your heart. You should be singing a new song because of new mercies. So I told you a few weeks ago that my mom, we had to put her into a convalescent center. And we went up there for Thanksgiving and, um, and the, the convalescent center is really well run. It's clean. The staff is friendly. Uh, I've been very impressed. She's been there three weeks. So on Friday, I just walked up the hall, knocked on the door of the office, and I said, is the manager here? And the two women there doing bookkeeping, their face just froze. No, but she'll be here soon. What can we do for you? It's like, oh, no. I said, I just have a message. Can, you can give it to her. Okay. I said, my mom's been here three weeks. I want to tell you, this place is clean. The staff is friendly. They're professional. They respond to our request. I am thrilled that this facility is in my mom and dad's hometown. I, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. I wish you had facilities like this everywhere because you guys do a great job. And they went, thank you. Thank you. And I, I just realized, you know, we're quick to complain. Are we quick to just say thank you? Occasionally, I take my wife out to a nice restaurant, and if the food is good, I'll say to the waiter or the, the guy that greets you at the door, what's he called? Mater D, thank you. I, nobody knew in the last service. They said host. Uh, anyway, so I'll say to the Mater D, could you please give the chef a message for me? He goes, yes. I said, the food was great. Thank you. He says, you're welcome. Welcome to Moe's. Come on in, that type of thing. But anyway, um, so I'm, my, my, my point is we should be people of 
of gratitude. So, so the character of God, number one, you think well. And you think well about the new mercies of God every day. Number two, as we understand the character of God, I'm going to push here a little bit, we worship well. And part of worshiping well is we're people of gratitude, which means we sing. Three times in these two verses, he says, sing. Sing the Lord a new song. Sing the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Three times. Sing, sing, sing. So, so I mean, we should be people who sing. Now, personal story. I, I was raised in a non-Bible believing, if you're a theolo- theologian type thinker, semi-Pelagian, neo-Orthodox, nothing church. I would go to church and they would, we would read the response of reading and they'd close the Bibles and the pastor would talk for 10 minutes and we'd go home. And there, there's no gospel. And I've, I know my eyes were closed because I only became a believer at age 19, but I've asked other people who grew up in that church, they said, oh yeah, that's what it was. It was, a, it was, a, it was just, there's nothing. There's no, there's no gospel. But we had a hymnal. We had a hymnal. Now catechism in the Christian tradition is you ask a question and you answer it and you memorize that. What is the chief end of man? Answer the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Question, what is prayer? Prayer is the offering of our request to the Lord in all things congruent with his will in the scripture in the name of Jesus, our mediator, with confession of our sins and tender acknowledgement of his mercies. Question 98, shorter catechism. So question and answer. So we didn't have that, but we had the hymnal. And, I, and so I didn't understand these things, but I, and these things got in my brain. See, I, I grew up singing, Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be for sin the double cure, save from wrath and make me pure. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? These for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. I knew those things. In high school, there was a woman named Judy Collins who released a, a hauntingly beautiful rendition of Amazing Grace that became number one in the charts all over America. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. I mean, I, we, we knew those words. And so I was catechized by, by, by singing hymns that have stood the test of time. And so I, I look at Colossians 3, 16. Uh, this says this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Sing. Or I think of Ephesians, it says, don't be drunk with wine, verse 18, chapter 5, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks. Always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for the Lord. I mean, so it, sing. People who think well about God worship well. So here, here's, my, here's my application. I mean, just, I want you to think about it. Sing. If you say, well, I don't sing well, and I'm serious, 
get some singing lessons. I'm serious. That's not a joke. Learn to see people who know Jesus sing. That's what the Bible says. Advent starts next week. Dads, you're the servant leader of the home. You should be leaving out in Advent. Get an Advent book, read it with your family. Uh, here's my challenge. Read the, read the scripture and sing a hymn about Christmas. Listen, these hymns, man. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Listen, so Jesus is the king. He's the king. Born in a manger. He's the king. He's eternal God. He's the king. Stanza three. No more let sins and sorrows grow or thorns infest the ground. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that in Genesis 3, because of sin, there was pain in childbirth and there was briars and thistles and drought. But when Jesus comes, he partially reverses the curse of sin. Not, not totally but part, there, there's substantial healing in Jesus. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. First stanza. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. Everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. You say, well, what does it mean the hopes and the fears of all of eternity Meet in the streets of Bethlehem in a manger with the Christ child being, behold the glory of God. The eternal hope. So what I'm saying is we should be singing. That's all I'm saying. I, I see it in the Bible. So just as an aside, John Huss was put to death, burned alive in 1415. The, the, the Czech reformer. Jane, June the July the 5th is Jan Hus Day in the Czech Republic today. They have no idea who he was, but they get out of work, so they like Jan Hus. He loved the gospel of grace. They put him to death. Another reason they put him to death, they said, we cannot believe you have the audacity to teach the people of the Czech Republic to sing hymns in their own language. It's much better to do Gregorian chants in Latin because you have no idea what you're singing. Give me a break. So he burned at the stake in part because he said, we're going to be a singing people. Well, so, so I want to say thank you to Dean and his team and the worship we have every week is glorious. Choir, orchestra, praise band, Dustin Rayleigh, who does a great job in our contemporary worship. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to Friday and Saturday, this Christmas music is going to be glorious. It's going to be beautiful. Get your tickets and come. Bring a friend. So you see, number three, you declare his glory among the nations. It says, if you think well about God, you worship well, and then you declare his glory. Verse three, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Declare his glory. Colossians 1 talks about being thankful and declaring his glory. Verse 12 says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Giving thanks. Why? He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. So you think well, you worship well, you declare his glory. Please see the beauty of Jesus. 
declare his glory. See, every Christmas in January, we have our world missionaries offering called named after a missionary named Lottie Moon, who died in 19 and 12. A very small, godly woman from Virginia, served in China. And, and, and we ask you to, to, to give, everybody, the name's the name of Christ, to give so the gospel can go out, so his glory can be declared among the nations. And it's fitting that we should do so. Declare his glory among the nations. So I'm, I'm with my brother recently. My brother is two years younger than me, and he's a better man than I will ever be. He's a wonderful man. His wife died three years ago of cancer. He was so faithful and kind to her. He has three children, grandchildren. He serves and he loves and he cares. And my mama, and she says, she says this, I think, with great insight. She said, I have two sons. One is a pastor and one acts like a pastor. And I don't, I, it's true, it's true. He is a wonderful guy. He's wonderful. I was with him recently. And we, were, we met somebody that he knows very well and she was bragging on him. And she said, let me tell you something. She said, if... Foy Brown doesn't get in heaven. None of us have any hope. So I stood there. And sometimes something happens. This happens to me occasionally. And time freezes. It's like one of these kung fu movies where you're in slow motion. And time froze and I thought to myself, self, are you going to address her heresy? Or are you going to let it go? I said, I'm going to address it. So I said, I said, that is a very kind statement, but let's be very clear, man. The only way anybody ever gets to heaven is by the work of Jesus on the cross for their sins. I mean, that's, that's the only hope we have. Now, my brother's rewards will be greater than mine, but it's only the cross. And part of Foy's reward is being named Foy all of his life. My parents, Buster and Foy, they didn't write a book on baby names. Didn't work. But you know that's just it. See, so, see, if if we if we say something like that and we don't give Christ the glory, we rob the cross of its power. So, so declare His glory among the nations, and then all this flows from understanding the character of God. I want you to see this. He says, four, four, verse four. For great is the Lord, and great is to be praised. He is to be feared above all the gods. The, the, word, the word great here means totally out of the ordinary. That describes, he's totally out of the ordinary. He's eternal. He's all-knowing. He's triune. He's all, everywhere present. I mean, for great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised or boasted in. And then verse 5 to me is an incredible verse. If you want to use a verse and talk about worldviews in collision and worldviews in conflict, just look at verse 5. He says this, For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord God Jehovah made the heavens. Just two, two worldviews. The, the, the gods of the peoples, the psalm says, are worthless idols because they cannot deliver. You operate on the law of diminishing returns. They cannot deliver, but the Lord made the heavens. Just a simple comment. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. The Lord Jehovah made the heavens. Worthless idols. There's a book by a guy named Augustine who died in 430 called The Trinity. It's a big book and it's, it's powerful and I have to read every paragraph three times to really begin to understand what he's saying. 
But, 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 but in this book called The Trinity, Augustine says this. I'm, not, I'm trying to explain it because I think it's so rich and so good. I hope, I hope I, I, I can explain it. He says there is one unchanging reality, unchanging reality, and that is the reality of the triune God. He is unchanging. Everything else, all the gifts that flow from the unchanging reality of God are changing. So you have the unchangeable reality and his gifts that are changing. And he says this, if we look for fulfillment in gifts that are changing, and here today and gone tomorrow, we will inevitably be disappointed. But if we see the gifts coming from the throne room of the unchanging God, then we walk through life with joy and celebration. A couple of comments. He says, by turning away from the highest good, the unchanging God, the soul forfeits being a good soul. Because the gifts either disappoint or they're blunted in their satisfaction. Then he says this, this, this really grabbed me. If you cling to God in love, you will straightway enter into bliss. Well, wow, now is that true? See, if I cling to this unchanging God and see everything as a gift from him, but he's unchanging. If you cling to him, you enter into bliss. Because the gods of the people are worthless idols made of stone and rock and wood. But the Lord God made the heavens and the squirrels and the greens and the blues and the I mean, we were singing earlier for service, and this huge bird flew right through here. I saw, I saw it fly here, it came around and through there. I thought, wow, that is cool. I mean, it was a pterodactyl big. I said, wow. So recently, not that I've spent much time reading, I've read a couple of articles about young people, gifted young people. I read about a woman named Bella Thorne, I think you say. She's 20 years old. Former Disney actress. Now she's made some really bad decisions. 20 years old. And I read about Kylie Jenner. 20 years old. Um, the daughter of the Kardashian woman and Bruce Jenner. Made some really bad decisions. And I thought about these, these dear people, these dear attractive women, maybe gifted, I don't know. I mean, imagine being raised in the Kardashian home. I mean, speaking dysfunctional, capital D-Y-S, functional. Bella Thorne's daddy died in a car accident eight years ago. Hadn't had a daddy in eight years. Man, I thought, this is what's going to happen in their life. I mean, I've been around long enough. They're, they're going to have two or three babies by two or three different men, and they're going to probably have two abortions they never talk about. And they're going to, at age 23 or 24, go into drug rehab and then come out and go back into drug rehab a year later and go back and they're 28. And when they're 35 or 36, then the industry, the entertainment industry will look at them and says, you're has-beens, you're, you're, you're washed up, you're 35. There, there are 2,000 21-year-olds waiting to get into this industry that are better looking than you are. And really, the byline is, Worthless idols don't satisfy. Now, some of them, they're on steroids. We're more in slow move, see, a lot of times. But it's true. Worthless idols don't satisfy. Two weeks ago, I read about this young man. Never heard of him, but the articles in the magazine said he was a very gifted rapper. His name was Gustav R. He's from 
New York. His stage name was Little Peep. He died of a drug overdose. He wrote in his website or his blog, whatever, on, in February, just a few months ago, he said, quote, he's 21 now, 21. I am a depressed drug addict and I am nearing my breaking point. Everything I love is disappearing, close quote. What an incredible statement of honesty. I just thought, no matter how gifted you are, idols do not ultimately deliver. So verse 5 is all about worldviews. And then you go into verse 6, which is incredible. Splendor and majesty are before him. Majesty is that which inspires awe in the beholder. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. And I just, I, I love that. I've got to tell you, I, I'm thinking, I don't know how to explain that, but, but, but the combination of strength and beauty, I love that. It's like a gentle man, a man who's strong and and viral and protects and loves, but he's gentle. Wonderful come Strength and beauty. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Uh, majesty and splendor go before him. That which awakens all. I was in a restaurant the other day and looking at the menu and, and it had um, a hamburger called the Majestic Burger. And I thought, you know, I'm sorry, hamburgers are not majestic. Hamburgers not awaken awe in me. It's like the, the word awe, especially among young people. Everything is awesome. No, it's not. God is awesome. Now be, be careful about your adjectival modifiers. Majestic burger. I don't think so. God is majestic because he awakens awe in the beholder. Church, are you thinking well about God? His triune glorious character. And as you think well about him, does it cause you to worship? Does it cause you want to declare his glory among the subdivisions and the campuses and the unreached people groups and the teeming masses of the cities? May God so work in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, on this Thanksgiving Sunday, we are so thankful for your tender mercies and the goodness of the cross, and so thankful that, that we can sing, rejoice, the Lord is King, your Lord and King adore. Rejoice, give thanks, and sing forevermore. Jesus, the Savior reigns, the God of truth and grace. So we, we can sing these things. And I pray that, that we, as we think well, out of the overflow of understanding the character of God, that we would worship well and we would declare your glory among the nations by living lives and giving testimony to the goodness of Christ. Thank you that today, on this November the 26th, 2017, we can sing a new song because your mercies are new every morning. Thank you for that. Thank you. And, and, and forgive me for missing that. Oh, God, forgive me. So work and teach and move. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name.